Okay, and we're back. Thanks for tuning in to Hot Off the Pod, special elections edition today. I'm your co-host, Melanie Zement. And I'm Harper Lambert. In honor of Election Day, which is less than four days from the time that you're hearing this, we will be talking about what political activism looks like in the middle of a pandemic. First, we're going to take a look at how campus organizations are getting out the vote, We'll also be diving into local issues on this year's ballot and discussing trends among college voters across the country. Today, we're sitting down with Leilani Rubenstein, a senior majoring in poli-sci and environmental studies at UCSB. She's the leader of UCSB Campus Democrats and has been a general member of Campus Dems for the last three years before being elected their president in June of this year. Quick note before we start. We tried our very best to keep things bipartisan today and have the leader of UCSB College Republicans on here as well. However, they did not respond to multiple requests to appear on this episode. So without further ado, welcome Leilani. Hi, um, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. We're so excited to talk to you. Before we get started, I just wanted to ask you both a fun hypothetical question. How did you picture spending election day in a pre-COVID world? I pictured election day knocking on honestly every single door in Isla Vista and tabling on campus for hours and hours each week. But um, that's, that's not possible anymore, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I'm definitely going to be parking it on the couch and was going to do that either way. So Harper, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say nothing, nothing is involved in, you know, patriotic as knocking on all the doors. I commend you for that. I would have just probably been like yelling at my TV, eating a lot of food, stress eating. Who knows? <laughs> Let's get started by going all the way back to winter quarter. Um, The primary election took place on March 3rd, just a few weeks before the virus shut everything down. What was Campus Dems doing in the lead up to that election? In the lead up to elections, we usually start with a voter registration drive. And in voter registration drives, we table on campus, we table in Isla Vista, we canvas residents in Isla Vista as well as doing class presentations to professors to let us register their students in class. And after the voter registration deadline, we focus on GOTV efforts. And we do that mostly by the same means as registration efforts. It's a lot of in-person canvassing, tabling, class presentations, club presentations, presentations to Greek orgs about candidates. Did you guys endorse one of the many Democratic candidates in the primary? In the primary, um, we only endorsed in local races. We didn't endorse in national races because we are a branch of College Democrats of America, as well as a club chartered under the County Democratic Party. So Our official stance was that we chose not to endorse a candidate for presidential elections. Once the pandemic hit, how did your campaigning and voter registration tactics shift? Our campaigning tactics shifted entirely online and through the phone initially. 
We have been phone banking for hours and hours every week and text banking as well. And we've seized pretty much all in-person canvassing. We have focused more on literature drops, uh, leaving literature at voters' doors without contact with a voter because there's a lot of there's a lot of concern about COVID that's entirely valid. And we think that if our volunteers are concerned about spreading the virus, then their personal health and safety is more important. Also, I noticed you guys have been really active with virtual events on your social media. Like uh, there was an activism from home series I think you were doing. I was just wondering how do these sort of like watch parties or other events work when you can't really gather in person? So our debate watch parties, I'd say, are our most successful virtual events. And honestly, the way we do it, it feels not that different virtually than it does in person. Of course, you don't get our snacks or to see (laughs) everyone's beautiful faces. We have it playing over Zoom or Discord and we type in the chat about it. And I think people enjoy the company of watching a political event such as a debate with like-minded people. Yeah, for sure. You talked a bit about dropping literature and doing some virtual campaigning to get students involved in this election. So I was wondering, how have people been responding to to these efforts? Like, do you think that students are less involved in this election now that there is a pandemic and everything's virtual? Or do you think people are more invested because the issues feel that much more urgent? I think that student involvement since the pandemic has hit has actually increased. Like, I feel like students are a lot more aware of political issues because it is a general election year. And with a lot of the political turmoil going on earlier this summer over police brutality and the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot more students are energized to vote. I've noticed both online and social media, people seem more active. And in person when dropping off literature, people seem pretty friendly. And I've noticed during phone banking that most students who answer are receptive to um, our questions and are interested in having their voter registration updated for them to be able to vote in this election. One of the major roles that Campus Dems plays in elections is endorsing candidates and ballot measures. So before we get into that, can you give us some background on your organization? Our organization was revived in 2016 for, it it had been around before that, but um, not really in its current capacity. Our organization was revived in 2016 as a local activism club on campus that focuses on in-person activism, direct impacts such as canvassing and voter registration. And our club is, as I mentioned earlier, chartered through the County Party and College Democrats of America. And we share passion and value with other young Democrats across California. So going along that, How do you see Campus Dems? Do you see it as kind of an ambassador for that county Democratic Party or kind of just as an org on UCSB's campus but affiliated with the Democratic Party? I see Campus Democrats as more of a org representing student values on campus rather than a direct offshoot of the county Democratic Party. 
We share endorsements for a lot of candidates, but we also do endorse on our own and go through our own endorsement process for uh, candidates and propositions that are important to UCSB students and residents. I think we as a whole represent a more progressive branch of the Democratic Party because we are young students and we do have really specific concerns like environmental justice, affordability of housing, affordability of college, and things like that. But I think the National Party and the County Party do prioritize to an extent, but those are our main focuses, I'd say. And I did want to ask a little bit about that endorsement process. How do you guys make up your mind? Is it like a giant meeting where you all go back and forth debating the policies and the candidates, or do you take your cues from people who are already endorsing them? So pre-COVID, we have a general membership endorsement, but post-COVID, we voted as an executive board whether to endorse candidates or not. Prior to this, all our endorsements were mostly through general membership meetings, and the endorsement process is we would reach out to all the candidates and ask them if they'd like to seek our endorsement. If they accepted, we would send them a questionnaire that they would fill out and would be available to our membership before the meeting. And a candidate would come and speak at our meeting and we would get to ask them questions before uh, making a final decision to vote on endorsement or no endorsement. Cool. So let's start local. Are there any local measures or races that voters should be paying more attention to? I think most importantly, voters really need to pay attention to the school board races this year. A group called Fair Education has been running candidates in every single school board and education-related race, such as County Board of Education as well. And Fair Education is a group that actually recently sued the Santa Barbara County School District for its implicit bias program, claiming that it discriminated against white males and Christians. But this group also has expressed anti-sex education views. And we think that it's really important for us to unify behind candidates for these local races to prevent fair education candidates from getting on the school board because students under the age of 18 can't vote for themselves. So it's up to all of us in Isla Vista, Santa Barbara, Goleta to protect these students and make sure they get a modern education. The candidates we've endorsed for Goleta School Board are Shalay Jahangir and Max Wardy. And Shalay is currently an incumbent on the school board and she's fought to continue the implicit bias program as well as improve access to technology for students. And we've endorsed Max Rorty because she has an excellent record advocating for LGBTQ rights and her work advocating for mental health awareness is also especially important in the time of a pandemic when a lot of students and parents are facing mental health crises. Yeah. Campus Dems decided that California should vote no on Prop 22. Can you explain what's at stake with this prop and why it's important to college students? Proposition 22 is a proposition authored 
authored by large app-based companies with drivers such as Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, etc., that would classify workers as independent contractors rather than employees. And we've decided to endorse a no vote on it because we believe that companies should be held accountable and should pay their employees a fair living wage and benefits, no matter what type of work they're doing. And another reason why we've endorsed a no vote on Prop 22 is that it would require a 7 ace vote of the state legislature to amend or overturn in the state legislature. And we think that's really undemocratic and unlikely. What does that mean, a 7 ace vote? If the bill were to be amended, it would require seven-eighths of all the state assembly and the state senate to vote yes on an amendment, rather than a simple majority vote or even a two-thirds vote. So that seven-eighths is really a ridiculous amount for an amendment. Are there any other propositions that are of high priority for campus Democrats this election? Some of our propositions that we've focused on are Proposition 15 and 21. So Proposition 15 would tax commercial buildings where the corporation has assets over $3 million at the current property tax rate. So currently, corporations like Disneyland pay taxes based on the year they bought their property rather than the current tax rate and are getting huge tax breaks essentially from the state of California. And this proposition would take that money and reinvest it into local schools and small governments. And Prop 21? Prop 21 would allow local counties and governments to vote on rent control. And one of the biggest problems in California is affordable housing and the lack of it. We voted to endorse in 2018 a similar proposition that would make rent control legal for the entire state of California. And we're endorsing Prop 21 this year because it would ensure that people aren't forced out of their homes by increasing rent prices and gentrification in neighborhoods. And we think that it's an important step in solving our housing crisis in California. Not to mention these are issues that UCSB students and Isla Vista residents are really passionate about. And along those lines, when it comes to this general election, you know, most of the conversation seems to revolve around statewide races and the presidential race, of course. And we'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to ask you as a community activist, why is it important for people to vote in their local elections and to be invested in those outcomes too? Well, I think that local elections actually impact most people's day-to-day lives the most, honestly. If you take the school board elections, for example, who sits on the school board decides what kind of education children have and who sits on city council or county board of supervisors, determines COVID ordinances, guidelines, and things like that. And in these local races, the margins are often really thin. For example, in 2019, we supported a candidate for Santa Barbara City Council. Her name is Alexandra Gutierrez, 
and she won by just seven votes. And I think, yeah, I think that really shows how much your vote matters in local elections more. It's really easy to change the result of a local election depending on one or two votes. So we think that it's really important for students to care about these sort of elections. And while some argue that students are a transient community and are only for four years, the thing is that students will always be a part of the Santa Barbara community. It might not be the same students, but uh, university students will always be voting for the interests of future generations of university students to come. So we think it's especially important to invest in the local community since students are part of the local community. And actually on that note, I've wondered that about, or I've noticed that a lot of students here seem to be registered at home, like where their families are from, instead of re-registering when they move to Isla Vista. So I was wondering if you guys as an organization tried to persuade people to re-register here. Like, is that important to you or is it really just about voting at all? We think that it's really important for students to register at their university because students have more voting power when registered as a block at a university rather than dispersed across the state or the country. Take, for example, the election of Walter Capps our congressman in the 90s. Prior to mobilizing a student vote, he lost his first time, but I think it was either 92 or 94. Walter Capps reached out to student organizations and really started the voter registration efforts on campus and eventually succeeded in being elected to Congress. So I think that when students vote together as a bloc, they have a lot more impact than voting individually at their parents' addresses. So zooming out to the election that has everyone on the edge of their seats, this presidential election, do you think that the issues that California Democrats, particularly college-aged voters, care about are getting enough airtime during this election? I think the issues that are getting airtime mostly center around Um, COVID guidelines, as well as affordable health care. I think that in terms of affordable health care, Joe Biden is promoting access to health care. But I think that if he's elected, once he's elected, hopefully we can push for further action on uh, having affordable health care for all students and all people across the country. I think that while his platform is the most progressive yet of any presidential candidate, the work to be done to push his platform more in a direction that us young voters care about um, needs to happen after the election. And prior to the election, we just have to focus on Donald Trump getting out of office. (laughs) Yeah. So in March, a New York Times poll showed that 57% of college-age voters in California cast their votes for Bernie Sanders and only 5% did for Biden. Do you think that the nomination of Biden is disappointing to voters our age? In some senses, yes. I know a lot of young voters and friends who personally believed in Senator Sanders a lot, but I think that it's important to, if they're supporters of him, to take his values 
and push for and again push our um, president further left if he's elected. I think that the core values of Joe Biden aren't that different from what young voters want, but I think that the difference does need to be made up after the election. So returning to some of campus Dems' work in this election, as you mentioned, a huge objective is voter registration. I was wondering, how do you split your time between voter registration and then getting people to vote blue? And do you feel the need to maintain a separation between those two things, or is it kind of two birds, one stone? I feel that for our campus, it's... It's almost two birds, one stone. We do nonpartisan voter registration work with the Gauchos Vote Coalition, and which includes CalPERG and some other student orgs, as well as uh, voter registration through campaign work. We think that first and foremost, it's important to get students registered because they can't vote for our endorsed candidates or our values if they aren't registered in the first place. But we think that a lot of students share values of environmental protection, racial justice, and equity that the Democratic Party does espouse in this local community. Some schools across the country, like Brown University and University of Utah, are canceling classes on election day to allow students to work as poll workers or vote in person. Do you think that UCSB students should push our university to do the same? I think that students should, and we as Campus Democrats have signed on to a petition by other college Democrats across California to make election day a national holiday. It's especially important for students to have the opportunity to go vote if they need to or go to the polling place in person if necessary, not just this year, but in future years. I think that's important for students to be able to vote on election day without worrying about midterms or going to section or like exams or things like that. It's really about improving access to voting for um, young people. Yeah, tell that to my English professor who (laughs) signed a paper due (laughs) this November. I have a paper due the day before, and it's a poli-sci class. I'm like, what is my professor thinking we're going to be Unacceptable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Professors, if you're listening, (laughs) take note. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Um, So college student voter turnout rose to 48.3% nationally in the 2016 election, which was only a 3% increase from the 2012 election. Do you think that the increase in this election will be bigger or do you think it'll increase at all? I honestly think that voter turnout will increase this election in 2020. Voter turnout did increase in the 2018 midterm elections up to 36%. If we look at the voter turnout increase from the 2014 midterms to this election, voter turnout went from 20% in 2014 to 36% in 2018. And 36% is really high turnout for a midterm election. And I think students were energized by the current administration's policies. And I think that now with discussions of safety and police brutality that issues that like students really care about 
students will vote in greater numbers than they did in 2016. And I think that because we've had Donald Trump as our president for the past four years, students really know what's at stake here. The nomination of another Supreme Court justice, should Trump get reelected again, the continuing erosion of our environmental protections, our democratic norms. Students understand the significance of this election. And I see a lot of energy this year as compared to 2016. I'm glad you mentioned that because it goes back to something you were saying before about how college students have always been seen as kind of this apathetic voting block. But if we look at not just, you know, voter turnout in the last midterm election, but also just the social movements that have come together over the last few years, to name a few, um, environmental protections, with Greta Thunberg, you have the movement for gun safety led by the Parkland students. Like these are all young people and young activists. So is this something that you've noticed on UCSB's campus specifically regarding activism and engagement? I mean, I did come in as a student in 2017, but I think that during my time here, I've seen more and more people get involved in student organizations or issue-based politics. Like for example, the Sunrise Movement in Santa Barbara has grown so much in the past four years. And I think that students are realizing that our vote has consistently been undervalued in previous elections and that it's time for us to make our voices have an impact in national politics. For some more optimism, uh, there is an MSNBC poll just released that showed this huge increase in early voting in battleground states like Florida, North Carolina, Michigan, among the 18 to 29 voter sect. And so in a state like California, which is considered deep blue and expected to stay that way, do you think we're going to see a similar surge of early voters or are people more maybe apathetic with the knowledge that, you know, their vote might not necessarily turn the tide, uh, at least in this state. I think that in California, there still is energy around the importance of, of like individual votes because a lot of activism online has pushed people to vote really. And I feel that like voting has become almost like a norm. I feel that for people to not vote, it almost takes more energy to oppose the like flow of current discourse and stuff like that. Yeah, I, th- I think there's some peer pressure around voting, and I think it's only positive. Like, pack yeah. it on. You know, someone oh, is totally bully them yeah. lightly, seriously, <laughs> nicely bully them. <laughs> it's yeah. for a good cause. <laughs> and yeah. in Isla Vista, students. In previous years, people almost like overwhelmingly vote in person or on the day of. But I think the fact that students have been turning in their ballots early and we see like proof of that on social media, that is a positive sign. But then again, the increased percentage of students who are voting at home kind of turns it into like a toss up as to like voter turnout in Isla Vista. I was going to say, are you guessing that most UCSB students or local residents will be mailing in their ballots or heading into the polls? 
I think that most students are mailing in their ballots or dropping it off. And our campaigns don't really have concrete numbers on the students that are registered at home versus registered here, because it's really difficult to determine who's actually registered to vote at their current address in Isla Vista because people move so frequently. But we think that most students are turning in their ballots at like a ballot drop box and mailing it in ahead of time. The polling places will be open for four days, so um, we'll be watching those to see um, the amount of turnout at that. Because of there's so much in La Vista, like you said, what should students do if someone who has previously registered at their address forgets to update and their ballot shows up at their house? I know I have a stack of ballots sitting in my apartment right now and have no idea what to do with them. So um, the County of Santa Barbara recommends that you return the ballot to the County Registrar's Office or mark it return to sender. So those are the official recommendations. But personally, if you think that the person is a UCSB student, what you could do is try and find their student email in the directory or try and find them on Facebook and see if you can get their ballot to them that way. And if not, or if you don't feel comfortable doing that, the official recommendation is to send it back to the county registrar who will then try and see if the person is located anywhere else in the county or if some kind of error happened in mailing the ballots out. And just to wrap up with a few questions, besides Campus Democrats, you know, endorsements and social media, are there any other voting tools that you personally would recommend using when you're making your decisions? So I would honestly recommend checking the endorsements of organizations you trust, like the Sierra Club or Planned Parenthood and taking cues from which candidates they've endorsed, as well as independent research online, just looking up news articles, opinion articles from both sides of like the propositions or from opposing candidates and seeing which appeal to you more. I know the Santa Barbara Independent does endorsements. So um, if you trust their opinion, you might want to look at their candidates. But I think that I think that either way, um, you should do some independent research to make an informed decision and really look at candidates and their um, voting records and stuff like that. Not to do a shameless plug, but to do a shameless plug, there's also some articles up on the Daily Nexus website about propositions if anyone wants to check them out. I was also going to mention Cal Matters election voting guide. It's up online and it kind of lays out all the pros and cons, who's endorsing, who isn't. It has some fun pictures. I thought it was great. It really helped me make my decisions. And also following the money, seeing like who's lobbying for what tells you a lot. So mm-hmm. for sure. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to eligible voters in Isla Vista or the surrounding communities? I just want to emphasize again how important student votes are for local elections and for the future generations of students. These local positions are won by really thin margins, so it's important that we make informed choices about voting locally. 
And most importantly, just to encourage your friends and housemates and neighbors to go out and vote. If people who didn't register in time are still interested in voting, the Isla Vista Community Center is open from Halloween until election day during business hours and you can get like a replacement ballot there, change your registration, ask questions about your voter registration status there as well. So yeah, just go on and vote, honestly. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for sitting down with us and talking about this election. And, uh, you know, we'll see nine days out when we're yeah. recording this. Yeah. Yeah, it goes. Fingers crossed. That's all I can say. Me too. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much, Leilani. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Best of luck to all of your candidates and endorsements. Thank you. Here's some other hot headlines from this week at the Daily Nexus. On October 16th, students and organizers gathered in Isla Vista to rally support for Proposition 16, which aims to reinstate affirmative action programs in statewide education and employment. On their second attempt, the Santa Barbara County Board of Supervisors voted to pass an ordinance which would allow officers to fine residents up to $500 for large gatherings in Isla Vista. This week, the Daily Nexus editorial board endorsed Catherine Flaherty for the Isla Vista Community Service District's Board of Directors over her opponent, Daniel Mitchell. Voters will decide who will fill the two-term position on November 3rd. In sports news, the Big West Conference released schedules for both men's and women's basketball after some uncertainty about whether the season would take place at all. Games will kick off December 27th with no spectators. Special thanks to our guests, Leilani Rubenstein, and of course, as always, our producer, Emily Kosis. See you next time. And if you've gotten this far, please honor our one wish, which is for you to go out and vote. <laughs> please get your butts to the polls. Text a friend, text a family member. Or get your butt to your kitchen counter and fill out your mail-in ballot. <laughs> it's so easy and so important. So. Vote. <laughs> <laughs> Go vote. Thanks. See you next time.